0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God amen. Uh, sorry, somebody, do we have Bibles? Uh, if everybody can pull yeah, open uh on their phone. John uh, sorry, Matthew chapter six. I need readers. Yeah, I can read. All right. So let's um, we could just divide it up into sections. Um, uh, somebody read one to four and then five through fourteen or fifteen. 16 through 21, and then 22. Yeah, we can all uh, take part in this, uh, just so that we'll read it once, and then we can um, start discussing some
1: some parts of it. So, uh, Caleb? Yes, I can read one through four. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. All right, and then now from 5 to
0: 15.
2: And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, For they think that they will be heard for their many words therefore do not be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him and in this manner therefore pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses.
0: All right. And then now 16, uh, maybe to 21.
1: Moreover,
2: when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites, but the sad countenance. For you disfigure their faces, that they may... Appear to men to be fasting assuredly I say to you they have their reward but you when you fast anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to to men to be fasting but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also.
3: Okay, 22 to 24. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. To the end. Therefore, I say to you do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. <clears throat> Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look not to the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you?
0: So I don't know what was taken before in the past and uh, what you discussed, but just a few things about the, the Sermon on the Mount that's important to point out. Uh, St. Augustine re- re- referred to the Sermon on the Mount as the most excellent teaching on how to be a Christian. Uh, that And that's really why we have that at the very beginning of Great Lent. It's uh, if you come to all the weekday liturgies and all the Sunday liturgies in the very beginning of Lent, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount uh, in in many of those Gospels. So the Church puts before us during Lent the model of what it means to be a good Christian so that we can um, work towards it during this period of repentance and fasting and prayer and and whatnot. Um, In addition to that, this, uh, this particular section speaks about those three things that we ought to do. Uh, when you fast, when you pray, when you give alms. Um, it's not if you do it or if you decide to do it, but when you do it, it's a must. Fasting, prayer, and giving alms. Um, I'm sure that uh, we could spend a lot of time on that section, but I did want to talk about uh, prayer. And then i want to talk about the heart and then i want to talk about the kingdom those are at least three different areas um, that our savior touches on in this uh, sermon on the mount <clears throat> so the first on on prayer um we we hear lots of beautiful things on on prayer i'm sure um, but what i'll do is i'm going to take from Gregory of Nyssa's um, discourse on the Lord's Prayer. And, um, you know, in his first discourse, he gives five discourses on the Lord's Prayer. And in the first one, he talks about prayer generally as being the seal of virginity, the fidelity of marriage, the weapon of travelers the guardian of those sleeping the courage of those who are awake prayer is to speak to god is to speak with god to behold invisible realities to satisfy spiritual yearning prayer is equality with angels it's progress in good things overthrowing of evil correction of sinners enjoyment of present gifts assurance of future blessings I said that quickly, and you know we could spend time on each one of those. But the idea is, prayer is really good. Uh, prayer is um, is needed for our connection with God. We were created to pray, or we were created to be in a relationship with God. And so, in order to be human, we need to be uh, prayerful in our relationship with God. And, and, and it's not just to say prayers, but to uh, live a life of prayer. Um, and it's, it's so beautiful. You, we talk about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit being perfectly united, but three persons. But it's so beautiful to see Christ in his prayer life. How he'll go off and spend the whole night in prayer. Or he'll wake up early and be off praying. Um, or you know, goes on the mountain and spends the night praying. And you think, well, isn't he already united with his Father and the Holy Spirit? Why does he have to spend time in prayer? He's showing us an example of what it means to be a, a true human being in prayer. Uh, and and there are often times in our lives that events will happen that we we do spend the night in prayer. We are uh, whether we're forced by the church services. Um, <laughs> Or there's something that keeps us awake at night. So what's the natural thing to do? Or what ought we to do? Instead of getting into our minds about it, we should spend time in prayer. And aside from the disciples' knew prayer from the Jewish sense, the Psalms um, and the temple prayers, but they wanted to pray like they saw Jesus Christ praying, so he gives them a rule um, and that's where we we find this beautiful uh, prayer the Lord's prayer um, and uh, and just by this Saint Gregory says that we need to learn that we must by all means pray perhaps this is not yet has not yet been understood for many in daily life have neglected and passed over this sacred and divine work of prayer and he says i I see in this present life how everything, is, um, is el- everything else is busily pursued. One person fixes his soul on this matter and, on, and another on that. But the benefit of prayer is not eagerly sought after. The merchant rises early for business. He fights to show his goods to buyers and to beat his competitors. He tries to be the first to serve the customer and sell off his things. In the same spirit, the buyer, too, thinks about how not to lose out on what he needs, nor to be preceded by another. He runs not to the place of prayer, but to the place of trade, and so on and so forth. We can think about our our current life, what wakes us up in the morning. Um, The kids, you know, or the job, or other responsibilities. And we're, we're, we can spend as much time necessary to even better our skills at something. But when it comes to prayer, we don't know how to do it. And prayer is work, and prayer is difficult. But what's beautiful about it is that prayer is not without a response. It might not be the response to what you're praying for. I might say, God, I need X, Y, and Z. Uh, but if we listen very carefully, He gives us what we need. Um, And that's our faith, and that's our, our, our relationship with Him. Our relationship with Him is like a relationship with a loved one. I always, for those of you who are in relationships with loved ones, I always say to them, imagine I went to my wife, and I said to her, honey, you know, I just want to know how much I need to talk to you today for you to be happy with me for you to know that I love you. How much? I don't want to that is that's not yeah. But in our prayer life, right, we're like, okay, what do I have to pray? One psalm, two psalms, should I long time in prayer? Do I have to stand up? Do I have to, you know, raise my hands? Like we come up with all of these things because it's not a relationship of love. But we fear, like, we, we have to do this. Um, and what we don't realize is that we gain more out of what we, we give, like, in prayer. We gain more. Just to be in the presence of uh, the Almighty God, to be able to call on Him, to feel the presence of the saints around about us. You know, they, like, like, there were people, human beings, like you and, my, and me, who loved prayer so much that they would stand in thorn bushes, you know, and they would and and they would stand in thorn bushes so that they wouldn't rest. They wanted to stand up in prayer, and they would carry all night in, in that kind of um, in that kind of a position. You see, that's a little crazy, but that's also a relationship um, of love, and they realized the benefit that they received from prayer. Um, so our Savior goes into it and he starts to give us um, things to pray for so that we ourselves know that there are thir- certain things that are worthy to be asked of and certain things that are not worthy to be asked of. Like like it's not worthy to go to, you know, the the most important person you can think of and ask them to sharpen a pencil for you, right? Or ask them where the bathroom is or ask them you know like it's 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 like no this person is important you talk to them about important things things that they're worthy of so all that you find in the lord's prayer relates to the um, the kingdom the afterlife even the verses like give us this day our our daily bread it's not related to the food Because in the Sermon on the Mount itself, he says, don't ask about what to eat, what to drink. A little bit later on, he's going to say, the birds of the air don't have to worry about this. You don't have to worry about this. The Father who loves you will give you everything you need, but seek first the kingdom of God. So we have to take both of those into consideration. You know what really would help us out to understand the really meaning of that word? Of that uh, phrase? The Coptic. The Coptic is out of all, out of the Greek and the Latin and all, is the most um, exact in explaining what ep-oik, or what this daily bread means. Epoyk and terasti, means our bread of tomorrow, or of the moral. It, there's no, like in the Greek it's epi ep- like epiousius, like um, super essential bread. And so you're like, kind of like, what's that? But for us, the bread of the moral. Which means, give us today the bread that will sustain us and give us life eternal. So, the Eucharist, our prayers, our reading the Bible, give us today the bread that will sustain us spiritually. Sustain us because uh, in, in, there are Christians that have probably died of starvation and they prayed this prayer very fervently, but, you know, it's just, um, and, and so all of these even lead us not into temptation, that idea of at the end of our life, Whatever crisis we might be going through, at, at through at the point of death, please make sure that we don't fail in our faith. That we don't lose faith in that moment. It's very difficult what people have gone through, and so we ask not that he would lead us, but we're asking, but we're asking him to bring us through uh, successful. Uh, the Lord's Prayer. There's lots that can be said about that as well, but. It's important for us to know that we have to pray. Pray. Uh, Has anyone ever heard there's this Tom Hopko uh, talk on how to pray? If you go on SoundCloud, I know it's there. SoundCloud, how to pray, Hopko. And he says this remarkable line in it. I always remember, he says, not to pray is metaphysical suicide. Not to pray is metaphysical suicide. It means you, 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 you can't exist. You'll be just a physical body. Yeah. And everybody really prays. But we just have to kind of harness that, 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 that prayer. There's no, they say there's no atheists in, uh, in foxholes, right? Which were like when you're in war. There's no, there's no atheists also when you hit turbulence on a plane. Everybody's, everybody's <laughs> praying at that moment in time. Um, and so for us, that prayer life is beautiful. And I think uh, Gregory of Nyssa also elsewhere says, you should pray, um, your, your, your prayers should be as often as you breathe. As often as you breathe. Um, and that's a beautiful image, to prayer. St. John Chrysostom says prayer is the um, active awareness of the presence of God. The active awareness of the presence of God. But this prayer is very, I mean, even from the very beginning, our Father is judgment on us we say these words our father are we really his children are we acting like his children are we recognizable as his children it's a very fearful thing and if you notice during great lent as well we're always not only saying this prayer but singing it je our father who art and it's as if it's as if all of lent is to is to condition us or to make us worthy to pray that prayer make us worthy, it's to, can, to work us so that we can really call God Father. And uh, and and we always, we never pray it right away. We say, make us worthy to pray thankfully our Father who art in heaven. Uh, because it is a, a very, uh, a very deep prayer, a full prayer. In the early church, the church rule was pray this prayer three times. Um, and moving from prayer, uh, he speaks about where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I wanted to speak about the heart. Uh, has anyone um, heard of a, a Greek Orthodox priest by the name of Zacharias Zecharu? Mm-hmm. Yeah And, and yeah,, Abuna, I probably got introduced to him by Abuna Karolos. He had um, several years ago he did a retreat for the clergy and it was put into a book called The, the Hidden Man of the Heart. The Hidden Man, taken from the, the writings of St. Peter, that verse, um, let your outward adornment, or let your beauty, your adornment or your beauty be the hidden man of the heart. He was saying that to the women, but it's to all of us, the hidden. And in it, um, he speaks about the heart. And he says that all the laws of the church are offered to the world for the sole purpose of discovering the deep heart or the center of man's being. Um, According to the according to scripture, God fashioned every heart in a special way. And each heart is his goal, a place where he desires to abide, that he may manifest himself and also the kingdom of God being within us, we find that the heart becomes not only the desire of God, my son, give me your heart, but it's also a place where we must do battle because our heart is, as Jeremiah says, uh, dark and deeply depraved. Why is our heart like that? Because we have these tendencies towards sin. And the heart is where you speak to God and God speaks to you. The heart is the, the place where either Christ is enthroned or something else is enthroned. When God says, I am a jealous God, He wants all of your heart, not some of it. And that, um, that place is where we have to um, make sure that our treasure is in heaven. When I think of treasure... I don't think about possessions in terms of simply to own. But let's say I let's say I need a hundred dollars for the the week. That's like a treasure to me. I have a hundred dollars, and I know that this is gonna. I need this for to cover my expenses for the week. But I'm not gonna just live a week. I'm gonna live several weeks, so I want to amass a, an amount of money to to help me survive. I'm not gonna go anywhere with this money right so when i think about treasure i think about it in that way but when when we are to amass our treasures in heaven heaven is supposed to be eternal so how much treasure if i need treasure if i want to think about it in this way how much treasure should i amass for eternity a lot <laughs> right i have to make sure i have you know, my treasure is in heaven, my heart is there, my, 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 my soul is directed towards this eternity. And it's easy to figure out where your treasure is. You know this, right? It's what you think about. It's what you occupy yourself with. It's like, what's your most important, you know, what's the app that you use the most on your phone? You just go to see which, which one you use the most. Right? And that's, that's where you sort of do the test for your heart. What is the test of my heart? And we need to test our hearts. And we need to judge ourselves. Otherwise, we might find ourselves wasting our lives, wasting our time, and not really coming to the heart of the matter. My son, give me your heart. He is the one, God is the one who has fashioned the heart of man. Um, and, And for this purpose, he fashioned it that we could be in a relationship with him. And he says, you know, Zechariah Sakharu says, the great tragedy of our times is the fact that we live and speak and think and even pray to God outside our heart, outside of our Father's house. And how can we do that? How can we live and pray and speak and think outside of our heart? Because there's no room for him in our hearts. That 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 disciple or that follower of Christ that said. Uh, I'll follow you anywhere, or I will follow you. And he says, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have uh, nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Uh, One person said, this is not about Jesus being homeless, as much as God looked to the heart and said, you have foxes in there which steal the fruit from the tree. That's from Song of Songs. And you have birds in there that take the seeds away from the wayside and eat them. You have everything else living in your heart. The Son of Man has no room. And this is where we have to condition ourselves and free ourselves. And why do you think we fast and we pray and we stand in these vigils and we do all this stuff? It's it's to get over our, our enormous egos, our self-centeredness, to make room for someone else. And this is... This is what Christ is beseeching us and, and throughout this. Because he says, it's a long discourse. He says, wear your, he says, um, don't worry about what you'll wear, and what you'll eat and your, your stature. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. The seeking of the kingdom of God is in orienting our heart towards the kingdom of God. And and the only way that we could orient ourselves towards the kingdom of God is to constantly live or seek out that kingdom. Saint John the Baptist, first thing he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus Christ, first thing he says is, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. And he comes and he brings the kingdom. And the kingdom is partially realized in the church, not fully. But we live that life in the kingdom through the church, through our union with Christ. Every liturgy we come to, we sit in his presence. He is king. We say, O king of peace, grant us your peace. Uh, he is the one feeding us as he fed the, the the Israelites in the desert. And he gives us of his body and his blood to be united with him. And there's a lot to be said about the kingdom. I mean, even um, our Savior himself spoke about this. Um Relating the kingdom to the Eucharist. He says, As my father appointed a kingdom for me, so do I appoint for you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. This was a prophecy um, for the disciples, but also something that we realize in the church. Um, The the kingdom of God is about gathering into one place, and that's what we do in the liturgy. Uh, Even the sick... When they can't come, we go to them with the fruit of the liturgy, the Eucharist, because they couldn't gather with us. But we we see them as being gathered with us in spirit, um, and and so we bring them, you know, to to uh, of the Eucharist, and that's the idea of gathering together. Um, and this is, um, I mean, a lot more can be said. We're with the host of angels. Uh, Christ is both king and. And Lord and the teacher and high priest, all of that, all of that happens. There's unity and peace, right? Of course, there's supposed to be, right? You're not supposed to take communion unless you're at peace with your brother or your sister, because there's no division in the kingdom of heaven. If you want to be divided, there's no room for you in the kingdom. There's no division in Christ, right? So it's 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 a contradiction that can't exist. And so when we come to understanding the kingdom of God, it's not, it's, it's a present reality. And, and, and this is what I think is difficult because we become distracted by what we think to be our reality, which is all passing away. What you see is not real because it won't remain. What will remain is reality. And what reality is, is Christ, is the truth. Um, is, is life in him, our, our life now. And this is the, the craziness. When you read Genesis chapter 3, and and it's so stark. God is so stark in his cursing man, woman, animal. He curses the ground, right? He curses the ground and says to us, as, as the, to man, you are going to eat from the ground, and it's from your labor and your sweat that you're going to eat from this. And cursed is the ground and cursed are you and cursed is the woman and everything is cursed. And we as humans we go out we're like, "Okay. Let me. I'm going to, you know, make a nice house. I'm going to, you know, e- eat a lot of food. I'm going to, you know, enjoy every sin under the you know, like we start to say, "We're going to make the best of it here." You know those those skins that uh God prepared for us? I'm going to get some nice threads. I'm going to get some nice shoes, right? And we, we've created this industry. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy that the clothing that we wear is a sign of our sin, right? But we, it's a sign of our sin because we were naked in the garden before we sinned, but we didn't, it, it didn't affect us. But when we sinned and we realized our nakedness, God made for us clothing out of what? Whatever. But our clothing is a symbol of our sin. And yet, this is what the world does, right? We, we want to create a kingdom here on earth. Forget about a real kingdom, right? Let's create as much as possible our kingdom here on earth. And, and we are, delude ourselves. It's not us. We just get carried on with, with what's going on. And so we come, become deluded. And we're not seeking first the kingdom of God. We're seeking an easy life. And hopefully, passively, we'll be able to get into the kingdom of, of heaven. But that's not the case. Christ also says that the, the kingdom of God must be uh, taken by violence, violence against ourselves, violence against our own desires. Uh, it, it's, it's incompatible. The world and Christianity are incompatible. The world in the sense of evil and wrong and bad, right? So this incompatibility needs to, us to engage in the war, a spiritual warfare and have our minds focused on what the real goal is. We have to put on the armor of God so that we can withstand the fiery darts of the evil one. We have to equip ourselves with the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and all the other tools that have been given to us, the sword of the Spirit, right? which is the, the only offensive sword, is the sword. Everything else is defense. So we have to be defensive. And defensive meaning reading our Bibles, saying our prayers, going to church, um, and, and, and this is how we strengthen our relationship with God and we are able to live as lights in this world. The beautiful image of light in this world is that all the darkness, as many have said before, all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of one candle. Right? We could just be that light in this world. And so our seeking the kingdom of God is something that should set us on fire and should set others on fire, right? He cursed, or he, he 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 talked about the the Pharisees. You neither enter, nor do you allow anybody else to enter, right? You make a um, you go over high seas and over every hill to make a proselyte, and you make him twice the son of hell as as yourselves. What, so in the kingdom, in the church, it, it should be this idea that we are, when whenever we gather, we are. Uh, set on fire by the kingdom of God. There's no other place to be, and there's no other place to go. This idea of, oh, liturgies running a little bit late today, or whatever, there's nothing else you have to do that's as important as what we're doing here. Now, I'm not saying we as priests should make it as long and as torturous as possible, but, you know, five, ten minutes here, you know, just realize it's nice for us to be in the presence of God, to be together as a family. The, one, one Catholic author said, the liturgy is like a father whose kids are playing together in the house. It's not anything like, we're, we're not doing anything earth-shattering when we come to church. I mean, like, kids playing in the house, is just, you know, they're, they're doing their thing, and God is just happy that we're all here together playing nicely, right? And so we come into our father's house, and we are seeking to be with him, spend more time with him, but hopefully our eternity will be with him. So also, there's no rush for us to go out. The The key is that after we celebrate the liturgy, we take what we've learned and we bring it to the world. Um, I, this idea of bringing it to the world is to bring the peace of the kingdom, the love of the kingdom, the justice of the kingdom, what's the right and the wrong of the kingdom. Um, and and we... we we bring it wherever we go, whether it's by our words that we share or just by our actions, uh, by the conduct that we uh, of how we live. Um, so those are the the three uh, main points that I just wanted to offer as an idea and a thought. Um, that every everyone can probably find another. I mean, forgiveness. I didn't even talk about or the lamp of the body being the eye, or two masters. Uh, So, you know, it's just a a couple of ideas of meditation. Anyone want to add something? Nabuna want to add something? No, I think you hit on some
4: really beautiful points, is that uh, something in in the human being desires to re-enter paradise, but sometimes we, we try to get that luxury that we had in paradise, not by reuniting with God, because he was the source of that security, but by accumulating more uh, possessions here on earth, or trying to get our our uh, that luxury and that security with our relationships, or with with uh, more money, or storing up more money, storing up more riches, it's like this intrinsic desire to go back to paradise. But it's the wrong way to do it.
0: It's a it's a deceptive way to do it. The only way is through God. And you see the courageous saints and heroes who, who do this, you're like, Wow, that's so remarkable. They're just they were following what God what Christ encouraged them to do. Yeah,
4: there, you touched on uh the, the saint who uh prays in Thorns so that he can stand there's so many uh examples of some saints like Saint Beshoy who used to tie his beard was it his beard or his hair? I don't to know. a rope so that when he uh when he felt like and started nodding off, it would wake him back up again because it would like pull his beard. <laughs> the, the I, new, I saw that rope in Egypt. When the newer you know, version the, is
0: the beard. I think the older version was the hair. Was the hair? Don't, we don't the like back. long hair, yeah, so yeah. we. Say beard.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other uh, saint who would pray, watching the sunset until the morning rose and like burned the back of his neck with yeah. it. Uh, but and he yeah, would pray throughout
0: the night. You know, he'd say, "Why did you know you're, you're early today?" You know, yeah, right? when the sun would come <laughs> up, yeah, <very> early today. <laughs> um, it's just uh, the time flies by. You know? I I often think with the practicality. So what's beautiful is that um, we might not in in our we're not monastics, right? So we can't pretend to be monastics. We can't pretend to to be, like if I spend all night in prayer and then you know, take a nap in the morning. My wife's going to be like, what do you think you're doing? Mm-hmm. We've got three kids, we got to get to school. Wake up, I'm making lunch as you're driving. <laughs> um, my wife is, is not as kind as she appears. It's
4: chaos in the morning.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what do we do in terms of our prayer life? Like, when you're young, get you should get fat. When you have less responsibilities, I heard him say you're a bachelor. This is the time to get fat on the prayers. Spend time in prayers. Like like there's it has to be, you know, really encouraged because there's going to come a time where we're not going to have prayers. And I'm sure you've all read Father Arseny. Father Arseny though, he had the prayers memorized. So he could do his work and he had it memorized. Imagine we don't have prayers memorized, right? So when we work, we pray. And when we when we don't remember the words the prayers we have the Lord's Prayer, we have uh, the Jesus Prayer, we have um, your Catholic, we have the Rosary, uh, which is beautiful as well. Um, all of those prayers are meant to keep us engaged with God, but you can't just have personal prayer, and you can't just have the arrow prayers, and you can't just have the liturgical prayers, because there's some people that just pray when they come to church, and they don't pray any of it. You have to have all three of them, uh, as much as possible, and you gather the fragments from the day, but you 'll realize in the uh, very hectic lives you need prayer, otherwise you your patience is exhausted your you you find yourself anxious, angry, whatever all of those uh all of those things that are depressed, you know this is my life, I go to work, I come back, you know. All of that is, is, I'm not saying that psychiatry and psychology don't have a place in therapy, but they're all, psych, psyche, psyche is the soul. Psychology and psychiatrists claim to be concerned about the soul, but I think the church is the most concerned about your soul. And the tools of prayer should be tried before, before, avoid, before going to something else. So the tools of prayer are there. It's just a matter of us engaging those tools. And, uh, you know, personally, in, in the most difficult situations, I spend time reading the Psalms and, and it brings me peace. Even if I haven't really mentioned anything to God about the issue. And to be honest with you, I haven't had a terrible life, but like certain things that had to be dealt with were dealt with, right? It's just, God is almost calming me down and I feel attached to Him. I feel like, okay, uh, He's with me, I'm with Him. The, whatever happens, happens. And I feel like that is uh, all through that, the power of prayer. Um,
4: what are your thoughts on... Um, I heard the phrase that like um, reading is a type of prayer or service is a type of prayer and um, that it keeps that connection with God active. Yeah. What like are your the, thoughts on reading as a type of prayer especially like scripture yeah
0: i think sometimes prayer becomes hard and so reading scripture is easier but it's my attitude towards reading the scripture is not reading words and it goes here but reading words and it goes here and i i look up you know I, i kind of you know am engaging god how do i do this Thank you for this. Um, I want to be more like this. Or this is interesting. I have no idea what this means. Right? That's and then also the the lives of the saints, reading the stories. All three of those um, can can definitely deepen the spiritual life uh, for sure. Sometimes attending liturgies uh, or attending, sometimes just sitting in front of an icon. You know, silence is a beautiful prayer. Um, You know, sometimes just. You know, catching—it's important that our attitude is prayerful. So, like, I catch a nice sunset or a sunrise, or I, I, I you know, hear something beautiful, I see something beautiful, and I—it becomes prayerful to me. But that's—but that's only for somebody who is looking to become prayerful. But there should also be set times of prayer, right? Like going back to the relationship with my, my wife, right? I can't just one text message here or whatever, and just these you know i need some meaningful time with her sitting down so she can tell me everything that i need to fix (laughs) but marriage is beautiful (laughs) beautiful. just takes a little bit getting used sorry sorry
4: Sorry. (laughs) there's some married people (laughs) Um, Um, any uh any other thoughts or comments
1: I was, I was just going to say, I love what you shared, Abuna, about how um, we get focused on kind of building the wrong kingdom. Like we look at the temporary and act like, and it was convicting when you shared that because I think for me, when I'm driving to work or I look at all the busy things in my day and my heart sometimes compartmentalizes God and was like, oh, well, this is an immediate thing I have to do with work and bills to pay. It's like, oh, and I'll pray, you know, maybe driving back home from work or in these little pockets of time. When, but when you shared that, it made me kind of flip the understanding of like, no, the eternal, like work and the busy day to day things, it's for the benefit of the kingdom. I don't go to work for the benefit of you know, my, my short life so I can build something material. And so I just wanted to share that. It was very convicting and I you know, appreciated that. Um, one
0: last thing. I have um, three recordings of people who have memorized the entire Sermon on the Mount. It's very easy. It takes about 12 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, 15 minutes to recite. All ages. Uh, Maybe one Lent. If you just listen to it over and over, it would not be a waste of your time to try and memorize it. I think um, the words are... There are essential teachings, right? And that sermon is um, to us first and foremost. And, and it's just, it's so myst, mystical or mysterious. But, the, you know, just the idea of he Christ turns everything on its head. He the, the normal life that you think, he says, no, that's not normal. You think the person who's rich is blessed? No. And that's all Judaism thought that that was a blessed person. He said, no, blessed are the poor or the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom." And everyone's like, what? You know, blessed are those who mourn, what? Blessed, blessed are the meek, huh? You know, like in every one of the, it's a shocker. We're used to it, but try to really kind of meditate on it and think about it, and, and when you memorize it, let Abuna uh, Michael record you saying it.
4: There you go. Yeah, we can test you later. <laughs> All right. I think that is good. It's a it's a great introduction too for people who are um, new to the Christian faith. That you can start by reading just the Sermon on the Mount, and it's a, it's a good it encapul- encapsulates the whole New Testament into these three chapters, the spirit of it. Yep. Thank you, Abuna. All right. Thank any you any very other much thoughts for or... inviting
0: me
3: in? Any other thoughts before we let Abuna go? We still got mm-hmm. some time. No.
4: Yeah?